Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Uh, We're going to jump right into the message today. The title of my message is The Ultimate Champion. The Ultimate Champion. And I'm going to try to take you through a little bit of a story on this and uh, try to paint a picture of it so you can get a good visual of what this looked like back in the day over 2,000 years ago. Today signifies the culmination of the darkest and the brightest moments of the three-day period. That one Friday, everything went dark. We understand in order for light to be effective... There has to be darkness. And that was very critical at that time that everything went dark. And we see the progression through that as we discover what happened on Resurrection Sunday. A little over 2,000 years ago, death would be the final blow that the followers of Jesus were concerned about, that they were like, wow, here's the moment, the one who we call the Messiah, we call the Savior, What is going on? What is happening? And uh, so we have this battle of light and dark. We have this battle of life and death. And who would become the ultimate champion? On one side, we have a man who is called the the Savior, the Messiah, the victor. And uh, he comes to bring hope. And he comes to offer eternal life and, and security And then on the other side, we have this who calls himself the snake. And the the challenge there is that, yes, he offers what he would deem to be an eternal fun party. Kind of comes at you with that. But the reality, because he is a snake, he has no truth in him. So he comes to deceive and then ultimately strike you and uh, it'll ultimately punish you with death. And so those are the two sides that we're dealing with today. And so who will eventually uh, be defeated in what is being called the greatest battle of the two greatest strengths of those days of today? And so understanding that our future is at stake, our eternity is at stake. So the history of the world There's been nothing since that time, and there won't be in the future either. There's a TV show that's been on for several years called The Voice. And in that, you come to a place where they call it the battle round. And in that, they compete. And so one of them is victorious in that, and they move forward, and it helps propel them in their future and their destiny. And the other, it probably doesn't help them in that regard if they don't win the battle. For us, it's much bigger in this battle that we are are talking about today because our whole future, our life depends on what happens in this battle that we're talking about, who becomes the ultimate champion. So be prepared to go into this knowing, okay, which side do I end up on? Who whose side do I land on in this ultimate battle and who becomes the ultimate champion? In the days of the Roman Empire, the people were being oppressed and they were being, there was heavy rulership from Caesar during this time. 
and he, Caesar demanded hefty taxes and he was ruling over the people and they were th- asking things of them that they did not want to buy into at all. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So these people were desperately looking for an answer. They were looking for uh, somebody who would come in and be their advocate that would uh, take their side and see that would rise up and fight for them. And so then there was out of nowhere, really, the possibility of this happening. We see that this man comes onto earth and he is the son of a carpenter and word begins to get out that this man named Jesus, he's healing diseases, he's opening deaf ears, he's opening blind eyes, he's even raising the dead. So there's so many things that are happening here. And so they saw this and they're asking, who is this man? Who is he? It's obvious that he wasn't an ordinary man. There was something about him that intrigued them, that caused them to be drawn to him. And so he said they were thinking, maybe this is the man who can free us from our oppression. Could he become our political advocate? Could he be the one? But eventually, word gets out on the street over time that this Messiah was going to be mocked. He was going to be turned against. He was going to be put on trial. He was going to be found guilty. And ultimately, he was going to be put to death. Guilty of what? What was he guilty of? That's the question. Was he guilty of loving people? and telling the truth to people and offering hope. Very interesting. So after the trial, Pilate had said, I find no fault in this man. I find no fault in him. But yet the crowd shouted, crucify him, crucify him. It was just an amazing turn of events. And he asked, shall I crucify the king? Man, very interesting that because he even understood and he knew for himself and so the, the chief priest answered, we have no king except for Caesar. It's interesting where this is headed because I tell you, there was a battle going on. There was a fight going on to see who eventually would be the ultimate champion. Even one of Jesus' closest friends, Peter, was one. He turned his back on him. He denied him. He was the one who even took his sword out and cut off the ear of the Roman soldier to defend his Lord. He was right there in the camp of Jesus. He was one of his biggest advocates. And Jesus had to bend down, grab the ear, slap it on the soldier's side of his head again and kind of uh, apologize for Peter's behavior and, and kind of said, Peter, I mean, I can't even take you anywhere with me. I'm, Come on, man, let's, let's do this. But, but he was the one that he was right there. But yet he was even saying, I don't know who this Jesus is. You know, it was this, his potential death was double shocking for those people because they loved him in that sense. But they firmly believed that he was coming to crush the Roman Empire, that he was going to be their savior, their Messiah. So was there the person that they thought was going to take this role, their future was going to be crushed. What was going on? And of course, Jesus' followers later realized and found out His whole purpose for coming here on earth was to die for them, was to give his life for them. That was unbelievable. That that was his whole objective is coming to the earth. And so, of course, Jesus was seen as a threat by the Roman Empire. Definitely, there was a lot of things from the get-go. They tried to get rid of him from the time he was born all the way through this whole process. And so their plan was to set him up and was to kill him And so the objective was he was going to go head to head with Satan. And so there was going to be this ultimate war, this battle that was going to happen. It was Jesus against the ruler of 
the unjust and the, the ruler of the wicked. And so there was this uh, battle that was going on. And so Jesus went into this ultimate challenge with Satan. And this challenge ultimately took him to the cross. It looked like Satan had schemed perfectly, had a great plan that he was going to come in and he was profusely beating him. He was going to cause him to bleed. He's going to be broken and to be uh, demoralized and take him all the way down. And through all of this, Jesus didn't fight back. He didn't fight back at all. Why did he not do that? Why did he just allow? You would think when two people are going into a battle, they're going to go toe-to-toe and they're not going to give in to the other person. But the humility that Jesus had, knowing that no matter what, his objective was to give his life for everyone on earth. You know, he was put on that cross to die. His side was run through with the spear and he ended up ultimately dying there on the cross. And life quickly drained out of his body. Everything went dark. We're in this place of total darkness. What now? What now? I want to read a portion of scripture out of Matthew 27, starting in verse 50. It says this, Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. This was when he was on the cross. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Believe that. Then left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. That would freak you out. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this man truly was the son of God. Oh, now they're realizing it. They're figuring it out. But understand, this is part of the plan. This is part of the process because the rendering of the veil, the, the veil being torn, it symbolizes God's wonderful truth that now Jesus Christ was available to everybody. Life, forgiveness, all of those things was available to all of us. And so there was no more need to offer, to have altars or to offer animal sacrifices, no need for blood. It was that blood that was shed on the cross was ultimately what we needed. And that's what his whole purpose was to come to do that for us. And so there was so much supernatural power that was being sent down that day, that at that time that literally rocked the earth. Rocks were breaking, the earth was shaking, people were coming out of their graves. Can you imagine being around during that time when that happened? It'd be just a little bit of frightfulness there, I think, coming into everybody's life. And so we see that there was something that was happening even though it seemed to be that this battle was over and there was a begin to be a shift. And so there was the final victory hadn't happened yet. I think well, I want to read a, a verse in Revelation chapter one, verse 17 and 18. And this is what Jesus said. It said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. You know, that's, that's a pretty amazing scripture that kind of sums up everything. We'll talk about it in a moment. But then there, there's uh, Luke 
chapter 24 goes into the whole resurrection process. Now, understand, this is not a resuscitation. This is not that he died and then a couple minutes went by and they were able to, to give him CPR and get him back going again. And no, this was a resurrection. This was three days uh, dead. There was no pulse. And, and all of a sudden, there's the power of the Almighty God comes on the scene and there's a resurrection. And so when the, the three women went to the tomb after he, he was buried, they went to tomb to bring spices and they were going to anoint his body with the fragrances. And they were surprised that he was gone. They thought for sure he would be there. And the, the angels who was standing there said, why are you looking among the dead for the living? In other words, he's not here. He's alive. Why did you come here? And it, it's interesting because many of us are looking for hope in the wrong places. We're searching out so many places and we need to go to the only source of hope, especially today in the things that are going on around us today. He is our only hope. Then in Luke chapter 24, we see farther in, uh, starting in verse 46, Jesus said this, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. You know, Jesus had already told his disciples that he would be killed, that he would be given his life, and but yet he would rise from the dead in three days. And so that was something that he communicated that, saying that would happen. So Mary Magdalene, she was in pursuit of finding Jesus when he appeared to her. It's interesting that she was pursuing him. You know, it's interesting that Jesus appears to those who pursue him. I would just encourage you today to be pursuing him, to be going after him, to be going after the hope that he has for each one of us. She was fearfully worried. She was definitely worried about it. But understanding hopelessness, worry, and fear, those are three things that affect us a lot. And especially, again, today in what we're experiencing throughout the world. But we can overcome these things if we pursue the giver of hope. This is the word to you today, to pursue the giver of hope. And also, he's a giver of peace. That's the other thing that we need more than anything right now is, is hope and peace. You know, the enemy of our soul would love to have us surrender to him, to lay down our tools, to, to lay down and say, hey, no, it, this is not worth fighting. He wants to be the one that becomes the champion in our life. The enemy, he's trying really hard to take that place and he wants to be our savior. That is not what's going to happen. And so understanding this, that the presence of fear is not really the problem. The presence of fear really isn't the problem. It's the dominance of fear that becomes the problem when fear becomes a dominatus. You know, uh, we've all experienced fear. I guess just an example of something that we could categorize as understanding what fear levels are. Let's say you were in your home sleeping in your bed and somebody broke into your house and they were, they were over your bed and you woke up and you saw somebody there leaning over you. you. You wouldn't be just calm about it and said, well, you know, I've got full control of my fear. I'm good. I'm fine. I've put all the biblical principles in place, you know. No, you're going to have actual fear to deal with that. And so understanding that <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, not having fear we have those, but it's the making sure that in our daily life that 
as we go about our life every day, that fear doesn't grip us. It doesn't, it doesn't have a place in there where it dominates in anything. We're going to have fear from time to time, but we need to overcome that fear, and it's important. And uh, so, you know, again, fear is a normal feeling, but don't let it dominate us every day, and don't allow it to paralyze us from gaining victory in any given situation in our life. So we see here that Jesus had the final message for the Christians to let them know that he was indeed the ultimate champion. He rose from the dead. He said, I'm king of kings. I am Lord of lords. I am that Messiah that the people were hoping for at the very beginning who lost hope and thinking that the one that they put their hope in, he was going to be defeated. But he came back and said, no, I'm the ultimate champion here. I'm the one that comes to offer you hope and eternal life. Romans 10, 13 says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, that's every one of us today. Every one of us have that opportunity. It's very simple, just calling on the name of the Lord. Salvation is for you and for me. And today, it's so important for us to know who are we lining up with? Who's going to be the ultimate champion in our life? Who are we going to follow after? Who are we going to pattern our life after? You know, I, I want to introduce you to that ultimate champion today. His name's Jesus Christ. And he gave his life. He came to the earth, came a humble man, and walked on this earth and never sinned, never made a mistake in his life. And he took the punishment and he took it upon himself knowing that he's going to give his life so that we could live, that we would have everlasting life. And we can make, get our life in that place where we have eternal life and we can spend eternity with him instead of where the other champion who thought he was the champion. You know, Jesus went down to hell because Satan thought he had victory. He was down there and he was partying. When everything went dark, he was down there partying, you know, and so he was dancing around. And when Jesus went down, he took the keys right out of Satan's hand. He took those keys of death and of, of hell, of the grave, and he came back victorious. And we serve a, a victorious God. And so if you're battling things today in your life, whatever it is, fear, hopelessness, whatever it is, he is the champion for you. He is the ultimate champion for you. And he is the best advocate we could possibly have. He is on our side. He is for us. And, and when he's for us, who can be against us? You know, the enemy is defeated. And he says, Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So I invite you today to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to make him the ultimate champion of your life. And as we continue to pursue him, pursue the things that, that he wants for us, he's going to answer those. He's going to bring those to us because he's there for those who pursue him. And he has the answer you need today. So I just want to pray real quick, and then we're going to be done here today. Again, I thank you for joining me today. Lord, I just pray for everyone here today. I thank you, Lord, that you are one who has come and you have personally visited each person. You know, there could be those here today, Lord, who haven't experienced what it is to be lined up with somebody who is a true champion, who's never been defeated, who's never lost, who's never lost a battle, that gave his life for everyone. Lord, I pray for every person that each one of us, God, we would accept this Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and that we simply say, 
yes to him. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I do want you to be the champion in my life. And so as we pray that, Lord, I, I pray blessing on every person. I pray just a thankfulness for who you are, for what you're doing, that you did indeed rise from the dead on that third day. You're alive today, and we serve a risen Savior. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you again for joining me. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 